0: So, security. Let's see what we do with our survey. What do you think? All right. Just about the same as last time. Financially free for life is a close second to relational unity, relational oneness. And and then physically healthy and feeling pain, or feeling great. Um, You know, if you look at If you look at the top, if you ever look at those lists of the top 10 stressors in life, have you ever seen those? The top 10 things that produce stress in a person's life. Who's ever seen one of those kind of things? All right, I've seen them before. Guess what? All of them that I looked at, all of the top 10 things have to do with these three things. Lack of security in relationship, lack of security in health, and lack of security in finances. They are the things that always produce stress in you and me. Always, always, always. They always produce stress. Because we as people, we, we need some level of security. How many of us want to, want to live the kind of life where you're coming home from work and you're not sure whether your family's going to be there or not when you get home? You can't live like that. Nobody wants that. How many of you want to go to work in the morning and not be sure whether or not your job's going to be there? Or work all day and not be sure whether or not you're going to get paid. Nobody wants that. How many of us can live constantly thinking, man, I'm going to fall apart. Maybe I have cancer. Maybe Maybe I'm sick. Nobody can live like that. All of us need a certain level of security just to function. Do you know what I mean? And like the song we sang at the start, the song that was sung at the start, is that most of those things Even though we don't like to admit it, most of those things are totally out of our hands. Most of those things are totally out of our hands. If you're like me, you don't really recognize security until something goes missing. You don't realize that you put your hope and your security in something until it's gone. Do you know what I mean? Um, Nobody, how many of you last week when you got a paycheck in the mail, you looked at that paycheck and you're like, oh God, thank you for the huge gift. I didn't expect this at all. No, because when we work, we expect to get paid. And the more and more we do that, who do we think is the one who who gives that to us? We think we do. We work hard. We deserve it. And there's a bit of truth to that, except for the fact that God says, "Everything everything you have is from me. How many of you woke up this morning and you could walk and you said, wow, God, thank you for my legs. Or you took that first breath, and you're like, God, the air is there. I wasn't sure if the air would be there or not. Thank you, God. No, but we have security in knowing that as we breathe in, right, there's going to be air there. My lungs work. Thank you, God. It's a miracle that, God, you can take oxygen out of the air and put it into my blood and keep me alive. See, we take security for granted. And often we, we don't look to God as the source of our security. We look to ourselves. How many of you woke up and you saw your kids, you heard your kids running around grabbing the cereal bowls and you're like, God, thank you for my children. They're here. They didn't leave last night. Thank you, God, for my spouse. Thank you. You see, only, only when things go south, only when things get pulled away from us, do we realize how much security we put in it? And usually, if you're like me, I don't thank God so much for the paycheck that comes in, but when it doesn't come in, what do I say? God, what, what happened? How did I lose my job? God, what happened? I, I know I'm not perfect, but I don't deserve to be divorced. God, You mean to tell me I live my life for you and we're faithful to each other and my my spouse dies early? And security just gets washed away. And you and I find ourselves looking for security in many times good things that aren't meant to be God things. We're going to look at that this morning. I'd like you to imagine with me, if you would, you don't have to close your eyes and think through this, but actually try to imagine what this would be like. Let's say you work, whether, whether you're full-time as a house mom or, or you have a job or whatever. Imagine that you have a job that you go to and you go to that job tomorrow morning and you get there, you pull in and at the door or at the gate or whatever it looks like for you, you get there and guess what? Your, your stuff is in a box at the gate. And the secretary or the guard or whoever's there said, no, you can't come in. And your, your pass card, your magnet card doesn't work anymore. And, and they ask for your, you know, your keys and you're done. And there's no explanation. Your boss, your manager doesn't come out. They just tell you you're done. You're out. And man, you're bummed out and maybe you're angry and maybe you throw a fit. But eventually you get in your car and you leave and you go to call your wife on your cell phone and they turn your BlackBerry off and you've got no phone, and, and you stop because you're low on gas, and you go to swipe your cards, and, and none of your cards work anymore. And you find out that all of your assets have been frozen, and then you get home, and your wife says the bank called, and they're foreclosing on your house. And they say you haven't made a payment in eight months, even though you have. And your whole world gets turned upside down, And in a few months time you find that your family is up holed up in the Uintas somewhere in a little cabin up in the way and there's nothing. If you can imagine something so crazy if you could put yourself in those shoes you'd be where David is when he writes what we're going to read today. You'd be up in the Uintas holed up in a cave with nothing. Your whole world stripped away from you. All your savings Stripped away from you. Your family, you're stripped away from you. Everything gone. And you're holed up in the mountains and you pen this psalm. Because when you and I talk about security, we talk about security from a place of having a lot of security around us. David talks about security. He says, God, you're all I've got. We're going to find that from him right here. Turn to Psalm 16 if you want to, if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible and you want one, um, they're out. They're outside. We're more than happy to give you a free copy. If you have six and you're just too lazy to bring one, you can't have one of those. It's for somebody else. You can use it, but then you've got to put it back, all right? Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land... They're the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. Man, this is a great psalm. And, and David, you have to know, David was on the flee from his government, from his king. And he was because he had already been anointed as king, as the new king of Israel. Can you imagine knowing that God has a good future for you? Knowing from God there, there's things that he's, he's led you to believe through others and you know that he has a good future for you. And now here you are, everything is gone and you're in a cave And you're a hunted man. You're a hunted woman. And you've got nothing. And here's what he says. The first thing he says is, I'm going to choose to put my security in God beyond the circumstances. He said, I'm going to choose to put my security in God beyond the circumstances. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. He says, I've got nothing else. There's nothing else for me to seek refuge in. Only in you and I find refuge. Do you guys remember the, the first commandment? Uh, if you've been around church at all, there's these 10 commandments in the Old Testament that get talked about a lot. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. And it's not because God is an egomaniac and has to have it. God is the center of everything. He's the creator of the world. He is the center. He is the only God. But he says to you and to me, you shall have no other gods before me for our good. You see, when you and I make good things God, they will always fail us. When we make good things like having a home our God, it's always going to fail us. When we make good things like having a job and having an income, when we make it our God, it's always going to fail us. And He says, In you alone, in you alone will I take refuge. Nothing else works. Now, David has seen everything stripped away from him. So he says, God, you're first place. In you I put my refuge. Second thing he does is he chooses to dwell on God, not on the circumstances. He chooses to dwell, put his security on God and not in the circumstances. Check this out. I just want you to understand where he goes. He says, the saints who are in the land, this is verse three, the saints who are in the land, They are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. He just says, other people who are following you and putting their security in you, I'm going to choose to delight in them and in what's going on in their lives. Their sorrows, the sorrows of those will increase, verse 4, who run after other gods. There are people who, who follow after other gods, who've made gods out of other things in their lives. And there were back then and there are now. And David says... There are people who are following other gods and their sorrows will increase. There are folks right now who make other gods in their lives and they don't have a lot of sorrows right now. David says they will have more and more sorrows. I know that because your word says that. And so I believe it. And the reason that he has to believe it is because if, if you're David or if you're me or if you're you, the lies always come that if you would only follow another God that it wouldn't be like this for you if you would only put your trust in something else, if you'd only place your security in something else, it won't be like this for you. Do you remember Job? Do you remember Job, the story of Job? A man who had everything. And, and Satan, the story goes, Satan made an appointment to come and talk with God, and he's up there, and God says, if you considered this great man Job, and this is, what, this is what Satan says to God about Job. He says, if you take it away, he'll curse you. The only reason he follows you is because of the things in his life. He says, if you, if you take it away, he'll curse you. And the temptation was the same for Job, and it's the same for you and me as followers of Christ. As things begin to fall, as circumstances come that look insecure, the temptation is for us to say, God, where are you? And this whole thing is a sham. You owe me that's not what Job did and that's not what David did. David goes on. He puts his, he puts his security in God and not in their circumstances. I want, you to, I want you to check out verse 4. He says, The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take their name on my lips. He just says, I'm not going to sacrifice to other gods. Other people are. They offered their livestock. They offered their children. They offered sometimes their own blood. They said... We're going to worship, we're going to put our hope, we're going to put our security in these other gods. We're going to invest money in these other gods because they're going, to invest, they're going to give us security. And he says, security can be found nowhere else but in the one God. And then verse 5, he says this, he says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. Literally, you have assigned me my inheritance. Um, for you and I, we buy houses and properties um, most of us don't inherit lots of properties, unless maybe, you know, later in life or somebody dies. But but land, to David, was very important. Land is the people of Israel who were given the promised land. It was very very important. And in other places in the world, land is still very very important. And it stays in the family, and you give it, it. And you know what? He says, "My inheritance, my portion, it's been written by you, because David said, I'm up in a cave." And the king has taken everything of mine. I can never have back what was mine. Saul has taken all of it. You have assigned me my portion. It's all gone. Some of you here had lots of portion, and it's been taken completely from you. And David says, I'm going to choose to recognize you as my portion. You are my portion. I'm not going to put my hope in something else. You are my portion. He goes further, and he says this in, in the next verse, verse 7. He says, I will, or uh, later in verse 6, he says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Again, his land taken. He's no more someone who has part in the family of Israel. That's what he's saying. He said, I've been cast out of the family of Israel. But you, God, you, you've drawn my boundary lines. You've given me... You've given me land, is what he's saying. I'm choosing that I have my security in you, even though it's all gone. And then he goes on, and he says, I'm going to put my security in you because because of Jesus, really, is what he says. He says, because of what you are going to do, I'm going to put my hope in you. Look down in verse 8. Even, don't skip seven, sorry. He says, I'll praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I love this. He says, I can sleep well. I've got nothing. I'm in a cave. I can even sleep well. My heart is at peace at night. And it shows me that I can put my security in you. He says, I can sleep well. I've set the Lord, verse eight, always before me because he is at my right hand I will not be shaken and Peter picks up this passage in Acts 2 if you know the the story of the gospel Jesus lives and dies for our sins and he meets with his followers after he raises from the dead and he says go and tell everyone to believe in me for the forgiveness of their sins and Peter starts doing that right away in Jerusalem and he says this he says David when he was in the cave penning these words he spoke of Jesus And this is what he says. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because the grave is in the end. You will not abandon me to the grave. The grave is not the end of life. It's the start of walking in your presence forever. He says, you will not abandon, even if my grave is soon, that's not the end. You will not abandon me to my grave. Nor will you let your holy one see decay. See, the reason David knew, the reason David knew that... that God wouldn't abandon us to the grave. We might spend, our body spends time there, but that's not the end of life. He says, your holy one will not see decay. And Jesus, hundreds of years later, lives and dies and rises from the dead. His body does not see decay. And he goes to be with the Father. And he says, because I know that you're the God that restores and has an eternity for me, I will trust and I will put my hope in you. I will have peace because of you. You have made known to me the path of life. You'll fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I want to encourage you. If you're a person who has watched some security fade away in your life in these days, I want to encourage you to say, God, how do I do i put my hope in you how do i find the peace of security in you because because all of this is falling apart in front of my eyes i want to encourage you as well if you're a person and, and things are kind of going bad and with people around you but you seem like you're doing okay i want to encourage you to ask god is my security wrapped up in, in all of this stuff? What would happen if I found out I had two months to live? Would I curse you? Would I be secure in your love for me? Would I believe that you're good if something bad happened to me? You know, it's one thing to talk about it and it's one thing to read about it in David's life. Um, but a lot of us are going through this stuff. And so I've asked... Uh, a new friend, Mike Corrigan, to come on up, and Mike and Jill are here, and thanks for being here with us, and you guys know these guys and um, and mike 's going to share with us a little bit about what 's going on in in his life and Thank you so much and and we 're going to talk just for a little bit about really what does this look like in life to have to have security washed away. And to continue to pursue God. Mike, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Glad to have you. Good morning. Do you guys all know Mike? Mike Corrigan? <laughs> and Jill, thank you for being here. Um, Mike,
1: tell us about your family. Um, well, when I, in the first service, I didn't realize they were going to put pictures up off of us. So um, that's, that's the gang. Um, I'm the fat guy on the left. And then uh, the beautiful woman there is my wife, Jill. Uh, The daughter on the left there, uh, your left, is uh, Elizabeth. Uh, She's 19. My other daughter, Chelsea, she's uh, 20. And my son, Travis, 23. They're all in college, including my wife. So I have four in college right now. (laughs) All right. All right.
0: And uh, thanks so much for being here with us this morning and sharing a little bit. You've had... You've had an insecure looking at it as the world looks like it or looks at it. You've had an insecure last few years.
1: Yeah, it uh, really started about four years ago. Um, my uh, father died. Af- uh, father-in-law died after a uh, routine knee surgery. Uh, we had some uh, numerous uh, blows um, and some family stress. Um, we uh, went through uh, quite a few things. Um, and then uh, my business, um, I would worked my way up through an industry for about 23 years. And uh, I was connected to commercial real estate. And um, through that process of everything that was happening prior to the meltdown of the banking uh, side of things in 08, uh, I had moved to a smaller company in '07. Uh, you know, I had worked my way up through this other company was making, actually, an incredible amount of money. Um, I was in charge of 120 people. Um, I had uh, 85 indirect reports, about 30 direct reports. I was in charge of sales for the state. Um, and it was uh, quite an amazing ride. I, I went to a smaller company, and within about two or three months, um, some of the things that had to do with um, the banking side of funding our large deals... Uh, fell apart and uh, it all burned to the ground within a matter of about 30 days um, We then started to struggle over the next uh, 19 months our business went off 90% um, There were nine of us were laid off um, And the day they called me in they just basically said that we're sorry um, Have a nice day uh, no severance uh, the credit card was like you had mentioned earlier, it didn't work. The cell phone didn't work. Uh, my email didn't work. And everything I had worked for for about 23 years just mm. kind of burned to the ground. Mm. Um, through that process, um, God has really met me at a, an incredible, incredible place. Um, there was a fear that really developed mm. during that time.
0: Yeah, you were saying that just... Um just that process of watching that unravel right. um, and just having been somebody who felt like you were secure in the Lord before and you never right. would have said before that, Hey, my identity is wrapped up in this stuff and yeah. my income. And
1: Yeah. I think uh, it's easy to say that when you have those things, uh, I would look at other people and say, wow, my, my identity isn't in that area. You know, I'm not defined by the house, the money, the car, whatever. Um, but when it's threatened or when it's uh, taken away from you, you really um, are are brought to a place, and especially as a believer, that where where is your refuge? Mm-hmm. Where where is your strength? Um, I felt uh, probably for about two years, uh, the seed of uh, fear started to develop, and I've never been a fearful person in my life um, about anything. Um, maybe a, a little bit of a worrier, like most of us, but. But not fear, and and that uh, really started uh, Mm. to kind of consume me, and and took a place in my life. Um, And it was really, uh, really probably uh, months later, the Lord had revealed to me that um, what that concern for my family and and supporting myself and and what if and all all the unknown future um, was um, kind of lingering. Uh, he showed me that that concern had actually turned to kind of poison concern and really became sin in my life. Um, it wasn't until he revealed that to me that um, I had kind of taken sin around with me everywhere I went, that it was just, it was something that was so consuming that it really pla- replaced God in my life. And uh, through the series of a lot of um, you know interaction with God and him re- revealing that in my heart. I started to confess that and in that He started to show me that I was his place of refuge um, I was his place of rest. I was his pa- uh, place of a peace um, That w- when you have nowhere else to go but to God Only God can satisfy what you're so longing and in and, and pain about and it doesn't matter I mean, this is not my story. This is God's story and uh, how it unravels. Um, The awesome part of that is is he started to replace all that fear with truth Hmm. through his word, through fellowship with other believers um, in such an intense way that, um, you know, it's it's hard to describe. Is that
0: something that takes place? Because I think most of us are probably a little bit interested in what you're talking about because all of us have concerns, right? All of us have concerns and desire to, to work and provide and have an income. And, you know, and there's, there's a healthy, right concern there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think all of us know as well that we've, we've sometimes taken it too far. And so um, just talk a little bit about the, the line there between concern and then almost worshiping worry and fear.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that you can get so focused on the fear uh, it may be anger that you have. It may be uh, frustration. It may be um, worry. It may be, it, you know, it, it's packaged different for all of us, but really it's the same. It's, it's this element of really truly trusting God. In those times with the Lord in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep for about two years, um, I really cried out to him, and uh, he would just say, Trust me. Trust me. But in revealing that, what really became to me, sin in my life, um, he, he said that you've replaced this, you know, you've replaced me with that, and so now you're so focused on that, you're not focused on me, it's like when Peter uh, was called by Jesus, when the disciples were in the boat, and they were struggling and straining against the oars, and fearful and afraid of the storm, and, you know, that they were going to die, because they didn't see or f- feel Jesus close to and when Jesus came to Peter on the lake, and He called out to him, and He started to walk towards Him, as long as He was keeping His eyes on Jesus, He didn't sink. And the Lord revealed to me during this time, and 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 through His Word and the truth of that, um, replacing all those lies from mm-hmm. the enemy, is that um, as when Peter started to look at the water, he would start to sink. Because his fear would take over and he'd take his eyes off Christ. And in that, um, he started to realize the very thing that was supposed to support him, that water, was not strong enough to support him, but was strong Mm. enough to kill him. Mm. And so the Lord really revealed to me through um, his word and and his, his spirit just meeting my heart and my wife's heart, uh, that uh, we really just needed to keep our eyes on him. And uh, for me personally, this 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 fear mm. became so consuming that it was taking you know, my eyes off Christ. So to be focused on Christ in the midst of that storm, and that may take different you know, shapes and forms. Like that. The wonderful thing about okay. this is... Um, as, as well, before you get there, okay. let me just ask yeah. you, yeah.
0: is that a one-time thing or is that a... I mean, is that like you, you do it one time and then it's done or do it a couple times in a row and then it's done? Or how do you how do you keep your eyes on? Is it is it like, man, I decided I, I'm going to do this once and then it sticks?
1: Yeah, um, uh, no. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, 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 that's why we have more than one psalm in the Bible, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. David cried out um, continually to God mm. And this process has been obviously. I'm turning 51 here in December, December 28th. If you want to send presents,
0: congratulations! <laughs>
1: Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yeah, I made it this long, um, but uh, it's it's a it's a continual thing. You know, it's um, we in our uh, life together group. We went through a book called Abiding in Christ. Incredible study, pretty deep, uh, pretty difficult. But um, it's a daily process, and sometimes, you know, depending on your battle, your struggle, where you're at, um, it might be 20 minutes. You know, if I could just get through this day, if I can get through this hour, if I can get through this 20 minutes. Mm. And uh, that's reality, and that's the truth of it. You know, a lot of times we want to mask that from each other. Hey, I'm doing great. I'm fine, mm. all the social stuff. But it's really going back to Christ on, on a daily basis and, and taking those thoughts captive. You know, his word says to take every thought captive. And there's so many lies of the enemy. You know, the value, anything that I had to really give my family, my, my people around me, you know, my finances, everything. The world says you have no value. You know, we reject you. I, I've put out 300, 350 resumes and uh, with virtually no response. Uh, I've been at this 15 months. But the Lord has shown us that he is the provider. He is worthy of our trust. He cares. He is our refuge. And um, I would say to you that um, I have not missed, we have not missed, our family has not missed a mortgage payment, a light bill. We've not been laid on anything. Uh, I had no severance, I had no pay coming in. And I actually have more money in the bank right now than when I got laid off 15 months ago. Mm. I don't understand it, I do. But uh, God's ways are are incredible. Um, In Ezekiel, it says that when he's been taken to another land, that uh, God will even survive your religion being burned to the ground when the temple was burned down. Hmm. And I just uh, heard that in a a message that I was listening to recently. Hmm. And I can tell you from this experience that God has met us. Uh, It hasn't been easy. It's been painful. But he is a refuge. He is our fortress. He is a place that will um, be what really, truly your identity is and defines who you are.
0: I love the way you said that with with fixing our eyes on Jesus. The storm doesn't go away. The storm doesn't go immediately. Away. He, he sustains us to walk towards him in the middle of it. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing this morning. You know, we're going to pray for Mike and Jill and, and their family. Um, but we don't want to pray just for them uh, because because they're walking through maybe more extremely. um, They're walking through some aspects of stuff that that many of you are walking through. Um, Others of you are walking through other things. Others of you are walking through health stuff and you don't know if you're going to make it out. You don't know if you're going to live for a long time. Maybe somebody in your family. You don't know where to put your hope because the stuff that you thought was sure wasn't sure. And God, can I really trust you in this because this is hard.
1: Yeah, and I might I might add to that is that's really what the Lord has brought us to is that our future is really still uncertain. You know, we're still walking this walk. Uh, I've had, we've had incredible joy that's uh, indescribable and it's not something you can muster up on your own. Hmm. You know, Happiness is based on circumstance, but joy is really based on the Lord. Yeah. And in the midst of this, um, that joy has been incredible. But uh, he has he's shown us and, and proven to us and, mm. uh, uh, that he is I I am. And uh, that we can um, trust him, a known God, to our unknown future.
0: Yeah. So whether it's, uh, whether it's with your health or... Mm maybe in a job kind of situation or in a relationship, Uh, I want to pray for you as well. And and if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I've wrapped my security up in something that didn't last. And I haven't found my hope in God. And and my fear has become a God inside me. My fear has become just all-consuming in my life. And I want to pray for you as well. And, and actually, Mike is going to pray for you. And I would encourage for you to stand with us. If, if, you, if you say, I need the security of God in my life, I've put my security and my hopes for peace in the wrong place. And I need to find my security in God, no matter what. No matter whether the boundary lines are drawn in earth for me or not. No matter whether my inheritance is there or not. No, no matter whether my life lasts today or for 40 years. I'm going to put my security in you. God, I want to find my peace in you. And so we're going to pray. And as we pray, I would love for you to stand if we can pray for you in that way. And it doesn't have to be everybody, but if we can pray for you, I'd love to pray for you in that way.
1: Father, um, we'd like to uh, thank you for coming into our land and into our hearts and into our minds this morning. And, Father, we we ask that um, you would um, just meet us where we're at, those tears and those rips uh, that are in our hearts that um, are sometimes even hard to uh, form the words to express you know before they ever reach our our mind or our lips. And, Father, we uh, lift up to you um, all the people that are here that are hurting that are struggling, or maybe even fearful about tomorrow, what may come. Father, we know that um, you exist, that you're here, and that you will really survive anything that we are going through. There will be a day when all of this is over, when it ends, and it may be in the land of the living here in this valley, or it may be when we come home to you in heaven. And, Father, I just ask that you would just reach up to every person here today and that you would love them, you would show them your heart and your character, that you're worthy of their trust, and that you would give them peace, that you would meet them right where they are. And, Father, I just ask that um, you would do this, you would do it in such a mighty way that they would feel you holding their hand as they walk through this life we just give that up to you
0: God I do I pray for Mike and for Jill and their family God we pray that you would that you would give them vision and purpose for the future that you would clear the clear the air that you clear the way that you would help them to understand this season but God thank you for peace thank you that they aren't hiding in their fear anymore And they're saying that you are good and you are secure beyond anything. That you love us. That you aren't evil. That you love us, God, and you're good. God, thank you for how you've sustained them as they've cried out to you. God, we just worship you. And God, at the same time, we just confess to you that we put our security, we pursue peace in all the wrong places. Forgive us, Lord. Make us people who cling to you, who seek to put our hearts and our peace in you. In Jesus'
1: name.